Welcome to Truth Be Told. Hey, Women Repurposed. Welcome back for another episode of Truth Be Told. I'm Ivy Neal, and this week I'm here with Alicia Illion, who is the founder of Women Repurposed, and we are continuing the conversation about some of the topics from her brand new book, Chasing Perfect. Um, at the time you're listening to this, Chasing Perfect has been released. It came out October 6th, and we are super excited about the message of this book. Um, it can now be ordered anywhere books are sold. But today we're going to talk a little bit about some of the topics from the book, including contentment, um, our identity in Christ, and Jesus as the completer of our life. So um, Alicia, thinking about contentment and identity um, in terms of Christian women, what were you seeing um, and what are you seeing that prompted um, this in the book? Right. Yeah. So you know, I think it's just, this is a struggle that we, especially probably as women, but men as well, um, we continue to battle this idea of, yes, I trust Jesus as the savior of my soul. Um, I believe that he is the way to God and I'm going to trust my life to him. But then when it comes to actually believing that he is Lord of our life or our completer, that's a lot more challenging, I think, Ivy. And um, in chapter eight, I decided to really talk about our identity in Christ being that foundation so that we can truly understand how he is our completer. Uh, we have to know who we are in Christ first and foremost. And I said this, I said the three most powerful words in the English language, I believe, are not necessarily I love you, but I choose you. Um, I remember in high school that I tried out for a volleyball team. Now, my daughter's a lot better volleyball player than I ever was, but um, I decided to try out for the volleyball team and I did not make the team. And that was devastating to me, even though I had never picked up a volleyball in my life. <laughs> I wanted to be chosen, you know, I wanted to be included. And um, I could say, yeah, well, that was just a challenge for when I was a teenager. But I think it continues to be something that we desire, even as we get older. Um, in my 40s, and there's still times that like, I want to know that you want to be my friend. I want to know that I'm included. I want to be chosen by you because I think God designed it that way. Like he made us to desire to be known and still fully loved. Um, but the problem is we're looking for that in places that won't ultimately fulfill us. And, um, you know, if we're looking to be chosen by other faulty, sinful people that will disappoint us inevitably because they're fulfilling the job description and not in our perfect father who is full of love and full of grace um, and perfect in all he does, then we're going to be disappointed. And so the desire to be loved and the desire to be chosen isn't a bad thing, but where we turn to for that is, is going to be the difference between we actually feeling like we are loved and chosen or left feeling empty and missing the mark. So um, I think about this verse in Hebrews, Hebrews 12, uh, too, that says that he is the author and the finisher or completer of our mm -hmm. faith. Um, like he's the one that brings it into completion um, in our life. And so we have to turn to him if we want that fulfillment. 
Right. Exactly. How does that change how we love other people? Um, if we're not putting that on them to complete us, but we, we are grounded in our identity in Christ. Like, how does that change um, how we approach relationships then? Oh, I think it's huge. You know, the gospel frees us. Nice. It frees us to not have the expectations from other people to fill us. Um, Cause inevitably, like I said, they're going to let us down, but it also frees us to give them that type of love too, even though they may not deserve it. Um, and so, yeah, I think the understanding the gospel, understanding that when Jesus said to tell us die on the cross, he truly meant it is finished. It is completed. You don't have to look for your identity and how you perform and what you do, what you say, who likes you, who loves you, who doesn't. Um, if they're having a bad day, if you're having a bad day, like it literally is completed. It is finished in and through the cross. And so if we can remind ourselves of the gospel and remind ourselves of the truth, um, Lacey and I talked about that last week. It was just like, it always goes back to the gospel and you have to remind yourself of what he accomplished on the cross so that you can live out being fully known and also fully loved and, and then walk in that grace towards other people and not expect that from them as well, because they will never complete us. And we know this. I mean, we're married, right? <laughs> like our husband's never going to complete us. Like yeah. that whole like Jerry Maguire idea of like, you complete me. Like that's not truth. You know? <laughs> and it's too much to put on another human. Like they cannot do it. Exactly. So then we can forgive. And then we can extend grace and then we can choose joy, you know, because the gospel gives us the freedom to that. It's completed in Christ and who we are is fully loved. Um, now we're not worthy in and of ourselves. We're not enough in and of ourselves, but we are fully loved in his love while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And so um, because of that, he is enough and he has made us worthy through Jesus. And so that gives us so much freedom too. The gospel just totally frees us um, to, to live chosen and not try to strive for that from other things or other people. Well, that goes right into what I wanted to talk about next, which is contentment, um, which is another big um, issue in women's lives, I think. Um, what are some things that you see and maybe that you've experienced um, trying to find contentment in, in in our lives, you know, in the world around us? First and foremost, we have to realize that our fulfillment, um, the living water is what will quench our spiritual thirst and the needs of our soul. Um, I always say this, like the world promises a lot of things that will gratify the flesh, but it will never satisfy the soul. And I really mean that. Like there's a lot of blessings that God gives us to enjoy here on earth, but they were never meant to be the thing that gives us that lasting peace that anchors us. Um, and I think we need to remember that. And, and Jesus said this, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. So I think the problem is sometimes I do, we seek all the other things and God is just one of the other things, you know, um, and God versus going, no, I'm going to seek you first and foremost, and then let everything else fall into play, place. Um, it's not necessarily a division problem, but a problem of order. 
<laughs> we right. forget to put him on the throne and his kingdom um, coming first. So we have to reestablish that order. Um, but going back to Jeremiah and this idea of living water, um, Jeremiah 2.13 says, um, my people have forsaken me, the fountain of living water, um, and have hewn out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that can hold no water. So the idea is that ancient Palestinians at that time had three options for water. And I thought this was really fascinating when I researched this. They could either go to the fresh springs, which was called the Mayim Ka'im in Hebrew, which was known as living water, or they could go to this well-tapped water into the ground to get water. Or the third option was runoff water that was collected in these like cisterns, they, these hewn cisterns. And what Jeremiah the prophet was saying is that if those were to break and they were to get the water, collect the water in these cisterns, then the water would run out and what would be left was the silt and sludge. So um, in collecting the water, this runoff water with broken cisterns, you're really trying to survive on wet sludge. Disgusting. And so, yeah, it's <laughs> but that's in a sense what we do when we're not filling up with the living water of Christ first. Same thing with our identity. We talked about this as well. If that's not the foundation, then all the other things um, are not going to satisfy us. We're not going to find contentment um, in all the other things that we chase. And so we need to fill up with the living water instead of the sludge. So maybe that gives you a, a visual or a picture of what um, living water really meant to the reader at that time when he's saying, fill up with living water. And Jesus says this to the woman of the well, too, I offer you living water. And she's like, give me some of this living water. She had no idea that she was speaking to the living water. <laughs> And so um, just reminding ourselves of that, like that has to come first and all the other things are just wet sludge. Yeah. That's such a contrast. Like why in the world will we settle for this mm. when we can have the ultimate answer? Yeah. I mean, I just think that that's um, kind of the essence of what the book is about. And, you know, it, it sounds like such a simple thing. We hear all the time, turn to Jesus. Jesus is the answer. Um, but really in Chasing Perfect, I wanted to unpack like what that really looked like to place your hope and trust in Jesus for your identity, for your satisfaction, um, so that the gospel can transform us to walk in the freedom that it offers us. And so, um, so I encourage you to buy the book if you are interested, if this is something that you feel like you struggle with. Which, by the way, I, I think in all honesty, we could all say from time to time that we have to struggle against our flesh and wanting to turn to other things, um, to the wet sludge and not to the fountain of living water. And so throughout the book, I hope that I've allowed you to see the process that you can go through. Um, and it's a day-by-day -day decision to trust that Jesus is enough and that he is the answer. And I will tell you that. <laughs> the answer is sure. And the answer is certain, but you know, we're going to continue to have to place our trust in that. Um, so I encourage you to check out the book. And, um, if you're interested in hearing more and reading more, um, we definitely unpack these, these struggles and hopefully I give you some good answers too. Yeah. There's a lot of very practical ways to apply it to real life. It doesn't just leave it in the 
in the discussion realm. It takes it into the real world where we actually have to live it out. So yeah, I'm so excited about that and for it to get into more readers' hands. So um, I had one quote from the book that I wanted to leave everybody with today before we close out. Um, And it says, our soul will never find rest until it finds rest in God. And that is just kind of the sum of what we just finished talking about. Um, Nothing else can satisfy like him. And um, so ladies, thank you so much for joining us again today. Um, We're thankful to have you here wherever you're listening. And until next time, let's be ladies who love God, learn truth and live transformed. We'll see you next time. Bye guys.